Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studios. What happens when you decide to get your message across about autism? Well, my next guest did something so miraculous that he's going all over the world talking about his message. He wrote a book with his mother called Cheddarbox, and he started an organization called Spire Autism. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite beverage, and I'll see you on the other side. See you there. <laughs> I want to believe in the truth, but only see what I'm shown. Got the freedom to choose, but can't decide on my own. Follow what the group is thinking. Bottle up my intuition till it's popping out the box that I don't fit in. I want to believe in the truth, but only see what I'm shown. Got the freedom to choose, but can't decide on my own. Follow what the group is thinking. Bottle up my intuition till it's popping out the box that I don't fit in. Shape shifting, same player, different position, the definition. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studios. Today, I'm joined with my lovely co-host, Michelle Markham, and I'm joined with Martin. Martin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. Not a problem. First off, we'll start off with the main question. Mm -hmm. So tell me about yourself. All right. Um, some fun facts I can start with. I am a book author writing about my life growing up with autism along with my mother's perspective. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also a DJ. I'm actually getting ready to release my third song here pretty soon. Pretty exciting. And potentially making my DJ debut in the coming weeks. A DJ as an, on the actual radio station? Um, In person. So kind of like at different clubs. And oh, stuff congratulations. Like that. That's an unusual job for someone who's autistic, considering your loud music and everything else. Yeah. And I also, um, other than running a company, I also do photography. All right. Take it away, Michelle. All right. Martin, tell mm -hmm. us when you were diagnosed. Let's see. I was diagnosed... If I remember right, I hope I remember right, uh, at the age of five, so around 90, like mid-95, I would say. And this was after my nonverbal diagnosis, after not being able to speak the first three and a half, four years of my life. Okay. Do you also have ADHD? That I don't know. I haven't tested for it. I I might have it because I feel like I'm showing some of the traits, but yeah, I'm, I'm not actually sure I could, but I just don't know at the moment. Okay. I also suspect that I have it, but I have been tested multiple times and always come up as not having ADHD. I think it's because I can hyper-focus. So mm -hmm. it's curious. Um, mm -hmm. What prompted you to write your book, Chatterbox? Um, I would say that's a good question. No, I've, I've, so many people have asked me this and I tend to come up with different answers, but I'd say in order to be a better version of myself and really kind of show people what it's like from an autistic person's perspective, I wanted to share my life, but not only that, also share my mother's perspective so you get both sides of the story mm -hmm. and 
how we wrote the book is each chapter we I would write the first part, my mom would write the second part, and we didn't know what we wrote until the book was coming together. We didn't read anybody, any, we didn't read each other's notes at all. It was just like a surprise at first, but it was so worth it because there really isn't a whole lot of books out there where you're hearing from both sides. Mm -hmm. Now, I take it your book was self-published. Correct. And what kind of reception did the book get? It's gotten good feedback. Um, it took a while for me to talk about the book because one, I didn't have enough time, but also I was nervous to talk about it because I don't know how other people would react. And it's it's been received really well. And just recently, Archway Publishing picked it up. So now it's in different stores. I thought that I, I honestly thought it wasn't going to get to that point because it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's just one person's book. I mean, I had that thought of like, what if nobody reads it or like, what if nobody takes interest? But I would say the most important feedback I received was that the book not only helped parents out, but other autistics came to me and said they're going to start sharing their story mm -hmm. because they are more comfortable now knowing that somebody did it. That's awesome. Yeah. What issues did you face growing up, Martin? Oh boy, issues. So like other than lack of support from teachers and bullying up until like college graduation um self-esteem self-esteem is my biggest issue that I face and other issues is like lack of confidence and just really the difficulty of staying positive and I'd say physically, probably balance issues and like back pain and stuff like that. But those are the ones that I can think of at the top of my head. Okay. So why don't you tell me about Spire Autism and how they got started? Mm, yes. So Spire Autism was something that I wanted to start because there really needs to be acceptance in the autism community. And what I am doing with the company, not only creating YouTube videos and joining different podcasts to talk about autism acceptance and things like that, I'm also going to be working with sports teams, schools, airports, you name it and first responders to help them know how to interact with an autistic person during an emergency mm. and also make these different places more accommodating so everybody could feel welcomed and not feel left out. That's very good. And the first time I've ever seen something like that was over here in Chicago, we have something called zoo life. And the first time 
I've walked through it where I saw something that said, or I got an email from them that says, we're going to have sensory inclusive night. And mm. that made me feel very proud to know that they're doing something like that for those of us who are autistic, who have problems with lights and sounds and everything else. I mean, you're doing what you're doing is part of what that is. You're going to teach them that we need these things. Yeah. And I did make a huge accomplishment recently. I sent a letter to the mayor here in the city of San Jose requesting that April be recognized as April or Autism Awareness and Acceptance Month. And I didn't think nothing of it. Of course, I was like, oh, you know, he's probably busy. He's a new mayor. He probably won't get back to me. But they got back to me with the proclamation. So starting next April, the city of San Jose is going to be recognizing the month as Autism Acceptance Month and will be collaborating on different events throughout the month of April. That's very good. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Now, do you have any hyper-focuses, Martin? Hyper-focuses? Uh, I mean, like... Special interests. Music... Oh, yeah, definitely. So photography. And the, the main reason for photography is... being able to share the world through my eyes as mm -hmm. I see it and walking during nature, taking all these different photos of wildlife, being in their natural habitat, something about that is just so relaxing. Mm -hmm. And music, music is another one and it helps me stay focused whether or not it's studying or preparing for the day at work. Mm -hmm. Yep. Love that. So what's a typical day like for you? Um, I do try to get up early enough to be able to go to the gym, get a little exercise in, go to a, a coffee shop pretty close by, do some studying for school and then prepare for work. And then after that, I unwind by coloring different mandalas and stuff like that to help focus more on the positives of the day instead of the negatives. All right. What advice do you have for those who are getting diagnosed later in life? My advice, that's a good question. Um, I know I'm, I'm so new to all of this, but my advice is to or is that everything is going to be okay i know you received a diagnosis later in life and it's it's like a new chapter of of a book and it could be scary cuz you you don't know like how you're going to tell anybody but my advice is just be yourself and you don't have to force anything mm -hmm. and like say you know you could 
unveil your diagnosis at the right time. Nobody's going to force you and know that you will have a wonderful support system, whether you see it or not. All right. Very good advice. So to follow up on that question, mm -hmm. you mentioned you can unveil your diagnosis, you know, when you see fit. Do you share mm -hmm. your diagnosis with people in your everyday life? I know you do through Aspire Autism and you do mm -hmm. through the public speaking you do, but do you share it with your community and your friends and people at work? I am getting close to that. Um, with work, I'm still a little hesitant about that, but because I still try to figure out like how they're going to react. And I try to read like their body language first to see like, okay, how are they going to, are they like going to accept me or like, how are they going to react? But when it comes to like family members and other people, they are very, very accepting. And some even reach out to me and are like, what can I do to help make your day better? Like, is there anything you need me to do to kind of help ease the anxiety of the day? Or even, at, or even with school, like, hey, do you need help studying or stuff like that? Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's, that's what we all hope for. And I personally have a pretty similar approach. I don't necessarily tell the people that are in my day-to-day -day life unless they're close to me, friends and family know. Um, but I honestly haven't gotten to the point of just sharing openly with everyone because mm -hmm. of the response that I've gotten right. when I've done that. And it's not always positive. And that is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the biggest fears I think that what the three of us face is, and I and I get a lot of this is, it's we need a safe place to open up, to tell people mm -hmm. we're autistic because, yes. as a lot of people put it, we need a safe place to unmask. Yeah, the society today just doesn't look at us as we're normals, mm -hmm. and people and. And I've said this many times, there are two different types of people out there. One is the people who look at us like imposters because they don't see the other side. And then mm -hmm. there's those who look at it like a disease and want nothing to do with us and yeah. stay away from us. And this yeah. is what we face day to day. And people just don't understand. We're everyday people just like you. We just think differently and view the world in a different way. Exactly, which is why I've been doing these speaking engagements to help really show people like hey we are wonderful individuals and we deserve a chance mm -hmm. yeah now martin do you have any sensory mm -hmm. issues i feel like it, i feel like there's some sensory issues happen if i'm very overwhelmed from the day mm -hmm. or like when they happen unexpected so like say if somebody turns on the light like without telling me and my eyes get very very sensitive and it i can i literally get a borderline migraine right but like if somebody tells me like hey you know i'm gonna be turning on the lights my brain kind of prepares for that so it's it's it varies 
All right. Now, what do you struggle with on a day-to-day -day basis? I, I'd say that I struggle. Hmm. That's. Wow. Um, reaching out for help when I need it the most, whether that be like with assignments or work or anything like that. And I know I should be reaching out or like even when I'm anxious, I tried to do things on my own, but I feel if I ask others, like, hey, what can I do in this situation? It'll probably be better. Mm -hmm. And I feel you on that one. When I was at school, I had, I had so much struggle with reaching out for help because I think part of the problem and you, Michelle, you tell me if this is true with you as well, is we don't want to feel like we're incapable of handling the work we're given, the assignments we're given. It's more like we want to be proud to be able to do it on our own without any kind of support. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of it. Part of it for me was also, I just, didn't want to be the person that couldn't just figure it out because everyone else can just figure it out, you know, because alistics yeah. communicate in a certain way. So the way that they mm -hmm. communicate, other alistics understand them. But for us as neurodivergent people, we need to ask questions and, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. discuss things to really understand them better. And I think at the time when I was in school, I didn't want to stand out from the crowd a lot of the time. So I didn't take the time to ask the questions that I needed to, or if I did, um, you know, I got kind of this reputation of either being a teacher's pet or someone who asked too many questions or whatever that was. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I told you this before, Michelle. I mean, I think we talked about it in the last show. I remember a... I had went to the University of Wisconsin right out of high school in Oshkosh because they were supposed to be specialized for special ed. And I remember having a dinner with previous students from that program. And I remember one of them sitting down with me and saying, listen, Reed, I'm going to tell you something, and this is going to stick with you to this day. And he's like, where it takes a normal student an hour to understand their work, it takes us two to three because... It takes us one hour to read the stuff and then another hour or two to process it and understand what we just read. Yeah. Yeah. No, Martin. So Martin. Go on. Go mm -hmm. on. Go on. I wanted to ask, I added a question. So I wanted to ask mm -hmm. you, Martin, what are your strengths? That's a good question. I would say some of my strengths are... I am hardworking, mm -hmm. and when I get tasked with and with something, I don't stop until it's complete. Um, another one of my strengths is I am very compassionate towards other people, neurodivergent or not, and I always will listen to them. I mean. If they are having a bad day, I tell them, hey, you know, if you need to vent, I'm here to listen. They could go on for like three, four hours of venting and 
they have been so appreciative of that. And I'd say one other strength that I have is I don't give up even if the task at hand is difficult. And I actually, near the end of this, I would, there is a quote that I have for all of us that are facing anxiety. I feel that could benefit people from what, or yeah, or two of them actually, two quotes. One of them that I came up with, I think that could really, really help people. Right. Yeah, I can definitely vouch for, for that. Um, Martin, that you are really compassionate and caring of other people. And I would add that you're brave, just the mm -hmm. fact that you go out and do public speaking and, mm -hmm. you know, we're friends outside of this. So I know you a little better than mm -hmm. Reed does, but I would say, you know, I think it's really brave what you do to go out and travel all over the world and do these public mm -hmm. speaking engagements. So. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Now, Martin, do you have any issue with mm -hmm. reading with social cues, like reading people's emotions, facial expressions? Yes. Very much so. That's actually the biggest difficulty I've had since I was diagnosed with nonverbal learning disorder. And most of the time, if people are joking or upset or anything, most of the time, my mind can't figure out if they're serious or if they're joking. Mm -hmm. And most of the times, even if people tell me that they're joking, my brain is thinking, are they just saying that because they know that I can't read social cues well enough? Do you get sarcasm or is that like every thing we all don't get? Hmm. Why? I'm trying to come up with the uh, with the response. My my brain's having a little tough time doing so, but um, I'm I I'm not really sure at the moment. No, that's fine. But I I get where you're coming from with not being able to tell if someone's joking or not because I can recall times where I'd be sitting at dinner with my family and my brother would make a joke. And I wouldn't get it, and I would fall right into the joke. And my my mom would just say, "Your brother's joking with you, Reed. You you walk right into that." Yeah. Michelle, you got any other questions? Yeah. So, what advice would you like to share with our audience, Martin? My advice I'd like to share with the audience that will be tuning into this is, no matter the difficulties that you will face in life, just don't give up and keep on pushing through. I know there's going to be days where anxiety is going to knock you down. And when you get up from that, the mud's going to be thicker and it's still going to keep on knocking you down again and again and again. And just know that the more that you're able to fight through those anxieties, the easier it will be to, it won't 
fully get rid of it, but it, it'll be like a continuous cycle in a way, but just don't give up. And there's a support system there when you need it, whether you see it or not. And a good thing to combat that would be training your brain by listening to your heart because mm -hmm. your heart's can your heart is the key to helping you fight the anxiety yeah that's good what's yeah. in the works for the next year do you have goals or projects mm -hmm. that you'd like to share with us yes i can't share a whole lot with one project but um I will be a, in a movie. I can't say a whole lot yet. Ooh. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully the director doesn't see this. But um, but other than that, um, can you say goal, it's a speaking role or is it a non-speaking role? Speaking. Wow. Are oh, you speaking role? Hmm. So are you a main character? Are you a side character? I once when I get the all clear, then you will know for sure. But it's very exciting when they reached out to me and said, hey, would we'd love for you to be a part of this because what you bring to the table for the community is a game changer. So, so that was Congratulations. a nice surprise. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. That's awesome. My biggest goal, I would say, is to speak at different conferences. I've been working on that actually, so far. I've, actually, Martin, yeah. mm -hmm. have you heard of Convergence Autism Summit? I have not. They are still, they are one of the biggest autism conferences in South Carolina. And mm -hmm. I'm going to be speaking at it. I know they're still looking for speakers. Mm -hmm. I will send you an email to sign up. You give them what you're going to talk about. You give mm -hmm. them a photo of yourself. And I'm I'm pretty sure you'll be accepted as a speaker. That'll be awesome. Yeah, It'll be a great opportunity. And to be even able to travel too. It's, it would be nice to visit different cities really sharing what I have about autism and really start seeing the change that we are longing for. Yeah. And I know there was a quote you wanted to share with all of us. Mm. What, was that, mm -hmm. what is that quote? And this one actually goes well with people who are also like either newly diagnosed or anyone in general. And just a little quick backstory. Um, when I was in Switzerland, well, no, it wasn't Switzerland. That was a different quote, but it, it when it rains here in California, it rains a lot. And looking out, seeing some of the flowers that were like starting to blossom, it kind of, this quote came to my head. Um, we are like a flower waiting to bloom into something beautiful. When it rains, that essence of life gives us hope that we will blossom at the right time. Wow, that's so beautiful. Thank you. I mean, that kind of reminds me, I, I have come up with a quote myself that goes, with creativity, from chaos comes creativity, balance, and brilliance. 
And that kind of describes our minds. It's a chaotic Mm -hmm. mind, but from that mind comes something beautiful and brilliant. Absolutely. That's a really good one, too. And finally, where can people find out more about you and get get a hold of your book? Hmm. So my website, spireautism.com. Here, I'll put it in the chat for you guys real quick autism.com they and if they'd like they could follow me on social media on instagram at martin's autism life and my youtube channel martin's autism journey and that's it ladies and gentlemen i'm reed miles joined with michelle markham and that was martin see you on the next one everyone see you there thank you bye Cause